Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Getting ready to represent Christ to your world today. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Well, good morning again. This is the final hour of Mornings with Carmen in 2022. I can hardly believe that. It's been a great year. Thank you so much for the time we've spent together. I hope that it has been edifying to you. It's certainly been extraordinarily gratifying to me to uh, have this time together each and every day. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. A few weeks ago, Pew Research um, shared the findings of a survey of Americans about the end times. So Before I tell you how many of our neighbors believe the end is near, let me ask you this. Do you believe we are living in the end times? How would you answer that question if you were asked? Now, if you answered yes, I believe we're living in the end times, what signs do you see? Like, why do you consider the signs that you see to be signs of the end of all things? Or if you answered no, 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 I don't, I don't think the end is near. I don't think we're living in the end times. Well, what signs of the end are yet unfulfilled? Like, why do you believe those things that have to come to pass, like, haven't happened yet? Like, right? I want to know what your understanding of the signs of the times are that you're using as a gauge for whether or not we're living in the end times. And then let me ask you this. When the end comes, what will it be like? And what happens after that? These seem to be maybe dark questions for some people, but I think that these are really good apropos questions to be asked at the end of a year. Next week, we're going to be focused on new beginnings and plans and things we're anticipating. But right now, we get to focus for just, an, for just a moment on the end, the end of a year. So what passes away for you with the passing of 2022? If 2022 brought the end of a life of a loved one, I'm so sorry. That's an easy marker to put down and say, you know what passed away for me in 2022 was a person. But there are a lot of other endings in 2022 that may not be as obvious nor as easy to mark, but they're worth noting. So for some of us, 2022 marks the end of the possibility of having children or the end of a marriage, or the end of a particular dream for a particular child, or the end of a battle with cancer. So what ended in 2022? Was there the end of school, or the end of a job, or the end of a career? Does 2022 mark the end of a long legal battle, or the end of a project? Did you finally finish that novel, or finally follow through on that commitment to read the Bible, or finally do that thing that You'd really left undone for a terribly long time. How will you mark the end of the year? And what are the loose ends that need to be tied up before year's end? So four out of 10 of us believe that the end is near. The one word that appears in the scriptures with the proclamation of the end is the word repent. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. Repent for the end is near. And so at this year's end, 
I invite you to repent. For the first time or for the thousandth time, repent. No matter if the end comes tonight or a thousand years from now, the end is coming. And those who are in Christ welcome it. Yeah, we cry out, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. So, as we contemplate the end and the beginning, um, let's look back at the year that was with our friend Jason Romano. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. All right, sometimes you uh, you reach the end of the year and you think to yourself, how come we didn't talk to Jason Romano more times over the course of the year? Well, we have to at least rectify that before year's end. You're going to be able to find um, Jason at his website, jasonromano.com or at sportsspectrum.com. Jason, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Hi, Carmen. It's good to be back with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, what's wrong with us that we don't get to talk to you more often? <laughs> Like, this is one of my questions. I don't know. I'm in. here. Whatever yeah, you want I me. <laughs> no, I know. I know. We want you. And so I'm I'm going to I'm going to do better to send more frequent invitations. Um, I have been um, intrigued by several stories that are posted at sportsspectrum.com. And I you bring yeah. us such good noise, such good news um, from people across the sports world. So you want to highlight a few that you have top of mind right now? Yeah, there was one recently that we posted, um, and I don't even know if we wrote about it on our website. I think it's actually on just our social media pages, but there was this moment a couple of weeks, about a week ago or so, when Steven Silas, who is the head coach um, of the Houston Rockets, his father, Paul Silas, was a legendary basketball player in the NBA, uh, won championships. He was also a coach in the NBA, and he had passed away. I think he was in his early 80s. And so Steven Silas, his son, was coaching against Monty Williams and the Phoenix Suns uh, about a week ago. Maybe it was a little less, but in the last week. And, you know, Houston won the game, and they're not a great team. But it wasn't about the game. It was after the game, and there was this embrace that was caught on camera. And Monty Williams, if you know him at all from the Phoenix Suns, is a, is a follower of Christ, loves the Lord, but he's been through his own tragedy. He lost his wife about six years ago in a tragic automobile accident and just was so strong in the way that he continued to trust God, who was faithful in the midst of just terrible circumstances. And at the end of the game, those two coaches embrace, and Monty comes over to Stephen Silas, and you could just sense that he was having this moment of empathy and, and um, prayer for his his fellow coach who had just lost his dad. And he just hugs him and embraces him for maybe 30 to 45 seconds. It looked like he was praying as well for him. There's no audio, so it was hard to tell exactly what he was saying. But to me, that was just a beautiful display of empathy in the midst of a basketball game. And his team just lost, Monty Williams' team, the Suns. And yet Monty just kind of put all the sports stuff aside and understood that he was giving this guy who had just lost his dad a big hug, a big embrace, and a big show of empathy and, and uh, you know, grace, I think, in the midst of what he was going through. It doesn't get any better than that, Carmen. It really doesn't. No, and I think that it it's one of those moments where you 
it doesn't even matter. Like what, who coaches which team and who won the game? Like all of that is yes. literally sidelined um, when you just watch for, as you say, 30 or 40 seconds as these two men embrace one another very publicly. Like part of this that I love, yes. Jason, is how um, how unconscious they are of everyone standing around them because there's all kinds of people wanting to press in upon both of them. That's and right. there is this holy moment um, that it's, it is caught on camera. Um, and I'm kind of thankful that there's no audio because that sort of retains the privacy of the whole thing. Um, and we should, we should do that. Like we should seek out hurting <laughs> yes. people in our environments and we shouldn't care who else is watching and we should just embrace them and say what we know needs to be said or say nothing if that's what yeah. needs to be said. And so I yeah, just, um, so I saw it on your social media and, and, um, and just absolutely wanted to highlight it. So thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, you have uh, a ton of great stuff posted right now at Sports Spectrum. Um, I'm wondering if maybe we could talk about Brock Purdy. I'll yes. confess to you. I don't know who Brock Purdy is. <laughs> Brock Purdy is a quarterback with the San Francisco 49ers. Now, Brock Purdy, it's funny. The story with Brock for me and for Sports Spectrum goes back to 2019 when we had his dad on our Sports Spectrum podcast, Sean Purdy. And Sean is a former professional baseball player who happens to also be a dad and a, a faithful husband and a faithful follower of Christ. And when I had Sean on, I just thought that'd be an interesting story to talk to a dad who has kids who are playing collegiately, who's also a dad who played professionally, and he has a great story. His dad introduced me to his son, Brock, Brock Purdy, who we had on Sports Spectrum in 2021, last year, when he was a senior at quarterback with Iowa State. And mm -hmm. he was a pretty touted prospect, but not somebody who you thought was going to be one of the top quarterbacks in college, much less top quarterbacks in the NFL. But isn't it funny how God works, right? So Brock Purdy was the last player drafted this past April in the NFL draft, the very last player. And that player, when they're drafted, they're called Mr. Irrelevant. It's a terrible term because <laughs> it's the last player drafted each year. And they call that person Mr. Irrelevant, but they're anything but irrelevant when they actually make the team and start contributing to the team. And Brock started out this year as a third string rookie quarterback, just trying to learn, you know, the system, learn how to be a professional, all of that. And then don't you have it? Injuries happen. And the San Francisco 49ers lost both starting quarterbacks over the first 10 weeks of the season and enter this third string rookie, Mr. Irrelevant named Brock Purdy, who gets the chance to play for the first time in the NFL. Carmen, not only does he play, he uh, he excels, we'll just say. His team is 3-0 since he entered into the picture as the quarterback. He's 2-0 as a starter. And not only is he 2-0, but he's performed amazingly well. Like, he beat Tom Brady in his first ever NFL start as a quarterback. Mr. Irrelevant again, last pick in the NFL draft. Beat Tom Brady, the legend, the GOAT, as they call him in the NFL, and he not just beat them, they beat him badly last week. And then he turned around and played on Thursday night and they won again against the Seahawks. And 
Brock Purdy is a guy who loves Jesus, is a guy who told me on our show a year ago that his goal is to continue playing as long as possible so that he can continue to point people to Christ. And now this platform has elevated to a level that it's not unheard of to say this, Carmen, that Brock Purdy could be, could be starting in the Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49ers in about a month and a half. That's how good the Niners are. And that's how good Brock Purdy has played. So it's a, it's a, it's an amazing story, especially at the end of the year when nobody saw this coming. And he is now the talk of the NFL uh, among the circles of all the media. It's really awesome to watch. It's so, it's so great. I would like to offer up the headline, the day an irrelevant sheep beat the goat. <laughs> there you go. Cause I think yes, the sheep I'm stealing and goats, that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. The day the sheep beat the goat. Yeah, there you go. All right, we're going to continue our conversation with Jason Romano from Sports Spectrum in just a moment. You're listening to Warnings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Sign up for the free Bible in a Year reading plan at MyFaithRadio.com and get everything you need to follow the plan each day and stay on track, including a printed schedule. Sign up now at MyFaithRadio.com. Jason Romano is with us this morning. You can uh, find what he's working on at sportsspectrum.com. All right, Jason, let's maybe look back uh, over the course of 2022. It's a good time of year to do a little bit of a roundup. What, you know, what sort of tops your list in terms of people or storylines or, um, you know, just highlights from the year at the intersection of sports and faith? Yeah, Carmen, it's been fun to kind of do this for sports spectrum too. next week on our podcast. We're going to have a best of, you know, we always kind of look back and see what were the top stories, what were the big moments to kind of reflect on. And I think there's three for me that really stand out. The first goes all the way back to last year's Super Bowl. And I think I was on with you guys when I was out in Los Angeles when we were covering last year's Super Bowl when the Rams and the Bengals were facing off. And we talked about a guy named Cooper Cup who's the wide receiver for the Rams and had one of the great seasons you'll ever see a player have in the NFL in 2021. Well, he culminated that with winning the Super Bowl MVP and catching the game-winning touchdown to lead the Rams to a Super Bowl championship. And Cooper Cup is a man who I asked a question to that week at the Super Bowl about what God was teaching him. And he talked about just being faithful to all that God had given him being faithful, which I thought was a wonderful reminder for all of us when we think about this past year. And listen, Cooper Cup didn't culminate that with another Super Bowl this year because the Rams are not very good and Cooper Cup got injured. So it shows you sometimes, you know, you you hit the hills and the valleys as the song goes. And Cooper Cup had the hill of winning a Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, and now the valley a little bit as he recuperates from an injury to come back. So Cooper Cup for sure was a, a top story early in the year. And then you go to April and we go to the Masters and the top golf tournament in the country, in the world. And Scotty Scheffler wins the Masters. And there was this moment when Scotty won after the Masters when he was sitting there in a, in a chance to do a press conference and answer questions from the media. And they asked him about how he was so calm, you know, where this peace came from that he didn't seem phased. And what a great opportunity. And he was ready for it to point to Christ and say, listen, my foundation, my identity is found in Jesus. It's not found in golf. And I'm glad that I won the Masters, but this does not define who I am. So you think about Scotty Scheffler and what a great story there. 
The third story that really stands out, and we're going to be featuring these people in our March edition of Sports Spectrum's magazine in 2023, but I think about Oklahoma University and their women's softball program. They had yeah. the most dominant season of any team, I think, in 2022. They ran the table. They only lost two games, which when you think about playing 53 softball games and only losing two, it's pretty incredible. And their coach, Patty Gasso, loves Jesus. Their team, I don't want to say all of them because that's not fair, but I know the majority of them, including their superstars, all follow Christ. And there was this mm -hmm. wonderful moment after they had won another Women's College World Series, back-to-back, -back, by the way, and they're going for a third this year in 23 coming up, and it wouldn't surprise me if they won again. But there was this moment after they won, and, you know, when you're on the field and a team wins a championship, the typical song that's played is We Are the Champions, right? You hear that everywhere. Well, guess what song was playing for Oklahoma's softball team on the field in Oklahoma City when they won the championship? It's a song called Nobody But Jesus by Casting Crowns. Mm. They actually requested that and said, listen, after we, if we win the championship, we want that song played. And there's this video that we showed on our social media of the, of the players out on the field celebrating a championship and singing, nobody but Jesus. It was amazing to see. So Oklahoma softball for me is definitely one of my favorite stories of the year. Do you think that um, Casting Crowns like knows that story? <laughs> I think wouldn't they, it be I, fun if you like yeah. showed up with them for the Oklahoma women's softball team somewhere sometime? I'm just saying. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. They do know the story only because they shared it on their social media pages. But again, I don't know if that means the band knows it. I just means whoever's you know hitting send on their social media pages saw it and shared it. But I hope they know that because I think that's. You know, that's a, a story, right, your, a whole nother level of the story. Here's yeah. your opportunity. March 31st, 2023, Casting Crowns is playing in Enid, Oklahoma. Oh, boy. So okay. I don't know how close Enid, Oklahoma is to wherever the University of Oklahoma is, but there you go. I don't know. They're in Norman. I know, and I know in go. March Geography. they're playing softball at that time, but maybe there's a way to make it work. That would be amazing. Uh, right? Yes. I feel like I feel like this is why I'm in the world to just you know make these <laughs> make these connections happen. Herman, you're giving me headlines. You're giving me ideas. You're connecting like. bands to softball. Come on now. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, and you know, I don't know if there's a if there's any sort of religious story behind the pimento cheese sandwiches at the Masters, but if you could work that in this year, you know, then I'd feel like the everything was right in the world. Yeah, let me try to do some research on that. I'll get back to you. Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. That's a big thing in Augusta. Um, all yes. right. So um, blessings upon you as you do what you do every day. Is there something when you look forward to 2023? I mean, we've talked a little bit about a couple of things that, you know, you're forecasting. But is there something in 2023 like we should be maybe thinking about or aware of in terms of, hey, I could anticipate this being um, a storyline that as a Christian, you know, I could be following in the sports world? You know, I always think of like, what's the, the most, you know, um, upcoming story that people will be watching. And I think it's the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl this year is in Phoenix and, you know, Sports Spectrum will be down there and we're always looking for stories and somehow God always provides every single year with players and coaches on the each team that will be there. And I don't know who's going to be there. A lot of people think Philadelphia, San Francisco. I know Buffalo has a ton of players, the Buffalo Bills, who are faith-filled. Their coach is a, a Christian. 
Kansas City Chiefs year in and year out are right there. So I'm excited about who's going to be in the Super Bowl and then those stories, those God stories that pop up that we're kind of not sure about or not don't see coming. And then all of a sudden, here they are, and they give us a chance to highlight those players that otherwise wouldn't be highlighted because of the faith, the fact that they're, you know, faith-filled and love Jesus. So that's always the one that stands out to me is the Super Bowl. It's, you know, kind of the start of the year. I think it's February 11th or 12th this year is the Super Bowl. And that's always something that I'm keeping an eye on and getting ready for. All right. Well, I have one for you as well. Okay. <clears throat> Apparently in North Texas, um, they're making way for cricket. They're building giant cricket stadiums. And this oh. is going to be the new wave of things. So there you go. North Texas is going to be the new home, home base for the American expression of cricket. Cricket. Okay. I, well, I let's, let's see I, if we can I find a faith-filled like, story in that. <laughs> I just feel like I'm here to provide. You are giving me all sorts of information this morning. This, this is a is, good Monday, Carmen. It's a good this Monday. This is a good Monday. It's a good Monday. Hey, we love talking <laughs> with you. Thank you so much. Blessings on you and your family. Um, give the Sports Spectrum crew um, our greetings, and we look forward to connecting with you in the new year. We will. Thanks for so, come on, saying, thanks so much for having me, and Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry Christmas. That's Jason Romano. You can find him at sportsspectrum.com. Sports You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see. Nobody but Jesus. So Jim and I were driving home from a family wedding in Ohio a couple of weeks ago, and we listened to an episode of of another podcast. And these people were trying to make sense of the need for and the practice of apology. They were specifically trying to understand why we need to hear people say they're sorry. Um, well, it reminded me of a conversation that we had a couple of months ago with Tim Keller about forgiveness, and I wanted to hear it again. So that's next here on this final episode of Mornings with Carmen in 2022. I hope you can uh, hear me smiling because Trillia Newbell is back, and she's one of my just favorite people in all of the kingdom. Trillia, good morning. Good morning. So I'm supposed to introduce you as the author of several books, including A Great Cloud <laughs> of Witnesses, Sacred Endurances, If God is for Us, Fear and Faith, and two of your children's books, Creative God, Colorful Us, and God's Very Good Idea. Um, I'm going to introduce you as just... Uh, sweet, precious sister in Christ, um, also the acquisitions director at Moody Publishers. You can find Trillia at trillianewbell.com. You can follow her on Instagram as well at Trillia Newbell. Um, Trillia, let's talk about the Bible. Let's talk about getting into the Word of God before we get out there into the world that God so loves. The book is 52 Weeks in the Word, a companion for reading through the Bible in a year. So, why uh, Why do we need this? I mean, I need it. So why do each and every one of us need this? Well, there's those are two different questions. So why do we need the Bible or why do we need 52 weeks in the Word? Obviously, we need to get into his word um, so that we can know him, enjoy him, and learn all that he has commanded. Something that you said at the beginning is that we, we want to be a part of the world that God so loved. <laughs> I Actually, I just loved 
rem that reminder. And so if we're not, if we're not in the word, we're not going to be, we just will struggle to know him. And we will struggle to be a part of the word and be, um, have a firm foundation as we engage culture. So there's a good, about a thousand reasons why we need uh, to get in God's word. And I am praying that 52 weeks in the word will be a companion to help guide and encourage people to, to that end, to get into God's word so the word gets into them. So when we think about 52 weeks in the word, um, I think about um, a companion that's going to help me be consistent um, and then also help me get back into it when, um, you know, I lapse. Can you just talk about sort of the invitational nature of this? This is not a, hey, you have to do it. This is not a regimen. This is an invitational journey together with a consistent companion. Yes, amen to that. So one of the reasons that I would say that it's an invitation is that it's, it's, it, I give you all the tools you need. So I give you a Bible study plan so you can read Genesis to Revelation straight through. And every day you have a scripture reading prompt, a place for you to write, a place for you to pray. And then there's 52 reflections where you can pause and read something that I have written to help encourage you about what you have been reading. And then there's a day of rest. And so the invitation is such that it helps to, to guide you, to keep you going, but it doesn't have any dates. There's no rules. You can read week one and then decide, you know, I really want to get into the New Testament. So I'm going to skip to week 46. You can do that. It's There's freedom and flexibility there, but it is to help guide you. And so I, it's, it's a tool to be used. And, but yeah, I have no desire to add a law or to add a rule. It's, it's a, to encourage and cheer you on. Those of you asking, um, do you have copies to give away? Yes, in fact, we do. So if you're saying to yourself, I want a copy of 52 Weeks in the Word, you can text the word book to 877-933-2484. This is a wonderful, wonderful companion. Um, both Trillia and the book, a wonderful companion um, in your exploration and reading of the scriptures in the new year. So 52 weeks in the word. Um, Trillia, to be perfectly honest here, people, you know, they like a verse of the day, right? They like what fits on uh, on the little slip of paper that comes in a fortune cookie. It's a whole lot more than that. What is the value of reading the entire Bible? You are exactly right. It is a lot more than that. So you're going to be reading maybe about three chapters a day, uh, give or take. And the value is that you really understand the context of the scriptures. You understand the whole storyline of the Bible. We do. We like to pick and uh, choose. We like to hang on to one text, which is okay. It is okay to hang on to one text. But really to understand the context, understand um, what God is saying and who he's saying it to and 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 how he wants us to engage and understand his word you must you need to read it you need to read the the whole context so so the it is it's a meteor um read as you're reading through but it's going to be worth it because you will grow and understand as a matter of fact my son he is 16 and he's using it and he told me the other day that i, I he didn't fully understand genesis <laughs> until he started mm -hmm. reading like just reading the whole context. And it was, he said he was so fascinated um, 
uh, by what he was reading in the whole story, which is a big drama anyways. But it, it was just, it's, it's encouraging when you hear, oh, I'm reading and I'm learning something new and I'm, I'm understanding the context and understanding the storyline of scripture. So that's the goal. That's the heart. And really, that's what we need to do. We need to, under, to understand we must, we must read it. So the word understanding um, is one you've used several times. I think what you're pointing to there is not just a, a general sense that, you know, the Bible is something that's important, but that we're actually literate about what the Bible says and then what it means. Can you talk a little bit about Bible literacy? What does that mean and why is it important to be biblically literate? Yes. So Bible literacy is really um, um, growing in our knowledge. And I, I do keep using the word understanding and understanding. There's I'm, I'm looking up by the definition for literacy, because if you look it up, that really explains. But the understanding the full context of the scripture, um, g- getting to know what g- God has in his word. So what we often do is we kind of cherry pick. We know only certain stories, but we can't mm-hmm. connect those dots. And so Bible literacy helps us not just understand the stories the stories, but understand how they connect and what God is trying to teach us through his word. For example, if you read the book of Hebrews, you cannot read that book and understand it because the writer will say things like, Jesus is the fulfillment or or, Mm -hmm. Jesus is the better Adam. What does that mean? Well, if mm-hmm. you read Genesis, you will get it. So, and and arrest the rest of the Old Testament. But but those are the kinds of things that I think we neglect to remember. So, Bible literacy helps us to connect those dots. It helps us to understand what what God is saying in His Word, not just a story, but how it all connects. And so, hey, I want you to know and your listeners to know. I am still very much growing in my understanding of God's word. We, no one has arrived. We are all, I am always learning something new, always learning, oh, this is what that connects to. I didn't know that. And and that is actually the joy of reading through the Bible. So if you have never done it, or if you find yourself, what even what I said about Hebrews, and you're like, I don't know what she's talking about. Hey, that's okay. That's why we read. We read to to learn about the Lord, to grow in um, Bible literacy and our understanding, and to become, um, to really understand what God has commanded us so that we can to live rightly and enjoy him. And, and so, we're we're all growing. We're all growing. So there's no one who's arrived. We're all on a journey of understanding the one we will be learning about for eternity. When we come back, I'm going to ask Trillia to talk a little bit about not only how we read the Bible, um, but how the Bible reads us. What does it mean that we would be transformed um, through our engagement with the Word of God. What does that look like? And as she's talking um, there about the, the, the book of Hebrews, I'm wondering, like when you, when you read the book of Hebrews and it says Jesus is considered a priest in the order of Melchizedek, like, do you know what that means? And as Trillia points out, nope, not if you didn't read the Old Testament. 
We're going to continue this conversation in just a moment. The book is 52 Weeks in the Word, a companion for reading through the Bible in a year. We're giving away copies today. To enter the drawing, you can text the word book to 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible gift to Faith Radio before the year ends. You can give now by texting the word GIVE to 877-933-2484 or join the support team at MyFaithRadio.com. Thanks a lot. We're talking with Trillia Newbell. She is the author of several books and the acquisitions director at Moody Publishers. We're talking today about her newest book, 52 Weeks in the Word, a companion for reading through the Bible in a year. Um, Trillia, I want to talk about reading the Bible and then the Bible reading us. Um, the Bible is the only book that reads us. What, what does that mean? Yeah, it is. It's living and active. And so I, I, when I read the scriptures, often the Lord in his kindness will illuminate it, make it make sense to me, and then give convict me of something. So I'm reading something and I realize, oh, um, this is who Jesus is. And, and this is how I can grow more like him <laughs> as I'm reading. And I, I think of Philippians 1, 6, um, where it, did, it says, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So there is, there's a beautiful promise there that God will sanctify us. And when we're reading God's word, we are um, in many ways being transformed because we are, le- we are reading and seeing, okay, this is, this is God's word. This is where we can grow and God by his Holy Spirit will convict us and then we can repent and turn and change and grow. So yeah, I think in a lot of ways it shows us where we where we need to be. God's holy. He's just, he's set apart. Um, we are a new creation, um, mm-hmm. but we are not fully glorified. We are, we are still being sanctified, which is growing in the likeness of Christ, changing from one degree of glory to the next. Um, and the word says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from all sorts of things that he wants us to, to, to grow. And the scriptures, it, it shows us um, who we are so that we might become more like him. Yeah, that uh, we are just naturally, um, because we live in the world, we're going to naturally be conformed or catechized by the world and by the patterns of the world. But if we really want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, if we really want to be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will, we have to be in the word of God in such a way that the word of God gets into us and changes us, actually has that um, transforming power uh, in our lives. I think we're resistant to that. I think, um, you know, we'd, we'd prefer to not be changed in many, many ways and in many cases, right? But, um, but submitting to the active work of the Holy Spirit as God is bringing us into ever greater conformity with who Christ is, like that is the submission of the will of the Christian as we are engaged with the Scripture, the study of the Bible is not just happening in the head. 
Amen. You know, it's interesting because one of the temptations I think we have <laughs> is to read the scriptures and to say, oh, we would never do that. Or they, they did that. They, they rejected Jesus. They are terrible people. They, they, they. And we, it's hard for us to see ourselves in, um, it's doing those, doing whatever it is, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we often struggle. Now we also want to be careful. We can't put ourselves in every story, <laughs> but God has a word for us in his scripture. And often he is showing us, this is, this is the, the human heart apart from him will run to these things. And, and we, we need to, um, be on guard lest we sin, <laughs> we need to ask God for strength to reveal our hearts where we've gone wrong, to repent and turn um, and confess it to him um, and to learn and grow into the likeness of Jesus. So so our temptation 100% is to not apply the scriptures to our lives um, or not to see how uh, we could do whatever it is that we're seeing. Um, another temptation is that to think that, well, God was faithful to them, but is he faithful to me? And I know this is a little different than what you're talking about, but that is another temptation. The God of the Old Testament is the God of the new and is the God today. He is the God that draws near to those who are brokenhearted. He is the God who, <laughs> who is faithful, who is faithful to Moses, who's faithful to you. And that to me is also such an encouragement as we read the Bible, God doesn't change. God's an unchanging God. So we can read it and know that the, the characteristics, the, the things that we see of the Lord in the scriptures is the same thing for us today. Praise God for that. Yeah, I love um, this invitation to be reading together as well. I mean, we want to be we want to be reading the Bible. Um, we want to be reading through the Bible. Um, you're inviting us to do that alongside you um, as our companion. Fifty two weeks in the Word, a companion for reading through the Bible in a year. Trillia, one of the things I appreciate about that is it helps us guard against the temptation to what I'll describe as personal or individual interpretation. Um, it is not what does the Bible you know mean to me. It is what does God mean through his word? Um, what is it that God has said? What is God revealing? What is God saying? And you keep uh, offering that course correction. Um, and that is really, really a gift. Well, goodness, that's so encouraging. Um, <laughs> that's Yes, that's encouraging. And that is the goal. The goal is that we understand how to, to read the scriptures, for what God's word has to say. Um, often people will say that the, the Bible interprets itself. <laughs> and so if we can read the Bible and learn how to cross-reference, um, use different tools to help guide us and help us grow, then I, I think that's, it's a gift. It's a gift from the Lord. And, um, and so I, I do pray that people will uh, use this companion guide to help them um, as they grow. But I want to also encourage people to grab other people to read through. Mm -hmm. I have heard about groups of people who are buying 52 Weeks in the Word, and they're going to keep each other accountable, and they're going to talk about what they're learning together. I believe in our individualistic society that 
anytime we can gather and ask for help is good. And we we can't do, uh, the scriptures say we can't bear fruit apart from Jesus, right? We can do nothing apart from him. The scriptures also say that we need a community of people, the church. So I encourage people, um, yeah, read, use this companion guide for your time with the word, but don't do it alone. Grab a friend, ask them to be accountable with you. Talk about what you're learning in a community of people. I think that is um, good and wise, and it'll be an encouraging time as you're reading the Bible through the year. All right, we have some comments on the text line um, from friends who are texting in during the show. Richard just says, amen. Um, <laughs> it has brought me uh, so much hope to know um, the God that, you know, we discover um, that the in the Old Testament is the same God um, who we worship in Christ Jesus and alive and working today. Um, another friend says, hey, she's the acquisitions director. You should ask her about her new favorite book. But I know that every book that you've acquired is your new favorite book, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love that question. And often when I get that question, I forget what I've read. I It's like my br blank, brain goes blank and I'm like, I don't know. Do I mm -hmm. even read? So, <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then this friend says, oh, I just think that opening the actual Bible is so important here. Um, we could actually experience it as therapy, like, right, actually just physically opening the word, um, liberating us from the screen. So I just think that people are really resonating um, with what you're saying. And then uh, Linda wants to also advocate uh, that at some point people read the chronological, read the Bible in chronological order as well. So um, when you're reading through the Bible, our goal is to get you reading through the Bible. Um, however you're going to do it, we want you to be in it. And if you would like a companion for the journey, Trillia is a wonderful one, and she offers 52 Weeks in the Word, a companion for reading through the Bible in a year. We're giving away copies today from our friends at Moody Publishers. You can uh, text the word book to 877-933-2484. Trillia, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. If you're listening to Mornings with Carmen, I'm Carmen LeBurge. We'll be right back. Should nothing of our efforts stand, no legacy survive, unless the Lord does raise the house in vain, its builders strive. All right, well, just a few minutes left to close the door on the year. So let me close this way with a benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Blessings, grace, and peace from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you and I, um, God willing, will be back together in 2023 with more stories of blessing, grace, and peace as we walk together in the world that God so loves as ambassadors of the King and the kingdom. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.